this month, Fate's Warning will release their new album, Long Day, Good Night, via Metal Blade Records. Fate's Warning have been a formidable presence in progressive metal for more than 35 years, helping to shape and drive the genre without ever compromising their integrity or losing any relevance. They return in 2020 with Long Day, Good Night, the most epic and longest album of their story career. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash fates warning. Once again, Long Day, Good Night, the new album from Fates Warning. Pre-order it now, metalblade.com slash fates warning. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 people of the world out there in listener land. I am your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by... I really didn't like your cadence. Mm. It really threw me off. My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And same cadence I to you. I feel you were trying to be sexy. Mm, yeah. I was. I was trying right? to seduce Fail. everything. I feel like I he got was so trying dry. to sedu- Sorry. Oh. My name is Sylvia. <laughs> Twitter. Where may we follow you, Sylvia? At uh, it's a Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to follow other coasts. Joslyn Sharp. That's J O Z A L Y N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, back on the show, we got James Monteith from Tesseract. We are here to celebrate the new deluxe vinyl reissues of their record Altered State, which is out right now, guys. Make sure if you guys haven't, pick this thing up ASAP. But before we get into our interview, let's discuss a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. News! All right, so... First thing I wanted to bring up now, <laughs> way sexier than the way you started off the show. I know. That always makes me uncomfortable. I knew that. Mm, it, it, it makes me uncomfortable as well. Because um, I, I feel I, every time I hear it, I feel like uh, I see Brandon in my head, like looking over his shoulder with a G string on. Yep. Yeah, with a like G-string. a Borat outfit. Yeah, yeah, I see the same thing. And you guys are so worked up and turned on, you can't even focus on the job at hand. So yeah, I, I see, mean, I get it. I see no. the same thing. Pete's I see gotta a lot. Put a, Pete's got to put a book in front of it. I see <gasps> no back hair and a lot of butt hair dude okay it's that's only, what i see okay. i'm just being honest it's only, play it again everybody's gonna see right. that forever now. you're gonna see the butt hair all right here we go ready he shakes it he also like puts Ugh. it out too yeah yeah, yeah i like can when see it's like, it yeah you push your booty out yeah, yeah like you, you know how you know how like nathan's ex- nathan explosions hair like whips around like when they're doing the metal, metal yes, yes. uh music videos like it's always in the music videos that's how my ass hair is oh that didn't work mm-hmm. yeah, a, scream for your cream that's that's a, <laughs> anyway so <laughs> before yeah. we we jump into the news we got a few stories we're definitely going to talk about but um we me and brandon we uh you know we've been a team for eight years, nine years now. An official team. Official Official team team for a long time now, almost a decade. Sylvia has been a part of this team for two, three years, something like that. No? Uh, Six years? Yeah, all right. Maybe one. Twelve? About one. I think it's like one year. (laughs) Yeah, wow. All right. I think think actually this this month is like my my one-year anniversary. Oh, okay. One year. So one year. Months. 
My, I, I am very bad with time. So anyways, uh, <laughs> so me and Brandon, we know when we're not listening to each other, but we recently have realized when Sylvia doesn't listen to us. It's very, and not us. It's pretty, no, it's not us. <laughs> it's just Actually, me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay attention now. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty amazing because Brandon, Brandon, let, let's, let's just be honest here, though. Brandon is the ranter of the group. No, no, no. Not ranter. Rambler. On, ramble. I he, ramble. He goes on tangents. 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 That turn to rambles. Yes. That in essence turn to rants. And and look, and sometimes because I'm so emotional when I start ranting, the rants make no sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Like no sense, yeah. and and the proper response, like when I interview, is people, usually silence. And uh, this has happened to me where I, where I have like my notes in front of me, and I'm interviewing someone, and I kind of glance over the question I'm going to say, and then oh shit, my computer screen like went off, and I'm like, and I ramble in the interview. I edit this out, so a lot of times people don't know, but sometimes I can't edit it out, and I sound mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and then I just kind of go off on a tangent, and then ask the question, and the person I'm talking to, whoever they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 Because clearly they're like, I want to answer your question, dude, but what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So, Get to the end of the question. You've so, already asked 20 questions. Because I panic in the moment and you try to find that, which uh, this has been a while since I've done that, but it's happened to me. So I hear the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now that's a clue to me when I'm interviewing people that Get to the fucking point. That's, right. that's my my clue. If I hear three mm-hmms, I fucked up. I wrote a long question, yeah. right. right? So... Brandon, you're doing your ranting and you're rambling and you're raving. So and, it's me and Sylvia. We're in the studio. And Sylvia's giving you the what? Okay, so this is what's <laughs> going on. I'm going off uh, about something. I think I was trying to be positive. Uh, you know, I think those, so. The rare occasions. But like yeah. I was trying to, I was like, you know, hey, Sylvia, you just got to keep doing this. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm. then she's looking at her phone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I say something that didn't on- deserve or didn't, that made no sense for it, mm-hmm. And I'm like, excuse me? So then I like started asking <laughs> crazy questions. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, the other day I got my whole fist on my anus. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just started like... For <laughs> the life of me, I don't remember what he said. I was, I'll be That's honest. That's I will admit, I will admit, I was on Instagram looking at dogs. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> and I, that's why I threw in the whole fist in the anus thing. That's why I went big air. I went I big air really. to make sure that would make any record skip moment happen where she's listening and then, wait, what? But not Sylvia. She's like, mm-hmm. Oh, and then now I got to go. Something. Then I somehow got my foot up there too. How? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a stopwatch moment. Now, I need you both to answer this question. How long do you think your rambling stop march mark go? I would say about 30 seconds into it. Sylvia, no. how long? No, no, hold on. You said 30 seconds. Sylvia, how long do you think he was rambling? That was a good couple minutes. Couple minutes. <laughs> so 120 minutes. seconds. Okay, let's say a couple minutes. Compared let's to say, your 30 so there's seconds. Gotta be let's some, just, let's yeah. gotta do be, this. There's got to be some truth in there somewhere. How so many let's just dogs say did you look at on Instagram? One minute. Oof. Let's just say, let's just meet in the middle. I ramble for one minute before she completely fucking checked out. This is me meeting 30 seconds to two minutes. Let's find somewhere in the middle. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So oh, it yeah. would be somewhere. Where would be Where would be in the middle I, of that? I, let's just say 75 okay, seconds. Okay, 75 seconds. All right. I know I was under 75 seconds and sylvia was just kind of like you mean nothing and <laughs> dogs mean something <laughs> they were weenie dogs and sherry doesn't love weenie dogs I, I, okay, they well, were puppies I, i'll tell you right now if the a doctor, line, if a doctor is, was telling me that i had four months to live and telling me hey look at this wiener dog first i'd probably look at the wiener dog yeah, yeah. and then he'd it's tell gonna, me he's like look you got four months to live and i'm just gonna uh-huh, uh-huh. that's what uh-huh, uh-huh. but here's wiener the thing dog, it's uh-huh. not it's not only that i did uh-huh i said yeah yeah 
I was doing <laughs> yeah. that. I was yeah. doing the, uh-huh, yeah. Which, which yeah. leads yeah. more to yeah. a minute 20. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. You know, which which uh, leads yeah. more to 120 uh, yeah. seconds yeah. right Yeah, there. see, there, here's yeah. the thing. I might have rambled for 10 minutes, but I know she checked out after like a minute. So I probably rambled for way more longer because she was like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, she hit yeah. the yeah. yeah I'm yeah. convinced I have ADHD. Okay, yeah. well, I think the world has ADHD. Mm-hmm. But You're not alone. That's that's been that's been how ever since often, ever since ADHD has been invented, it's been the greatest excuse for people to not do their job the best of their abilities. No, I use my ADHD it, it, on Pete all the time. All the time. I try and say, that. "Dude, I'm so bad at this, whatever." And he's like, "Yeah." And he just rolls my rolls his fucking eyes <laughs> and then this I, week. Yep, and then I do it. And then he's like, it's perfect. What's the problem? You, you, you don't have any problems at all. I'm like, oh, I just fucking hate it. You know, that's pretty much what it is. No, like whenever just, there's something that I hate, sometimes I find myself going, oh, I have a touch deficit, Pete, you don't. Don't hate you. I just. Well, you shouldn't I hate che- me. What I, the fuck? I just checked out. I basically checked out. That's the, what happened. There is rambling, ranty moments with Brandon where you yes. know the anger needs to, he has to dissipate the anger in yeah. his inflection and his tone and his cynicism. He's got to get it all out. And then he. Brandon is the I've said this about Brandon, okay? <laughs> Brandon is the think out loud talker. So when he's talking, he's really thinking. He's actually putting everything together. Okay. As he's talking, and then usually if you skip the middle part and you just hit the beginning and the end, yeah. Then you can converse with him more properly than if you listen to it all because you'll get thrown off. So you're I like, wait, doing, wait, wait, wait. What do I answer here? So I was doing right. No, you were doing wrong because oh. you were looking at Instagram. You're looking at dogs when yeah, someone yeah. was talking to you. Yes. You can't win that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Pete, when, <laughs> what the I'm hell having, is that when I'm having a face-to-face conversation, Pete just goes by how red my face is. And then it's like, wow. the, <laughs> the less red, now In it's time to defense, talk. In my defense, your back was turned. You were like working on something. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point though, and, and I, I feel like maybe I'm more direct with you, Sylvia, hmm. but when do you... Uh huh. Yeah, me. I haven't paid attention yet. Nah, you see, here, see, I'm going to pay attention thing, now. Pete is very. Pete, I'm very is direct. very direct. So, and uh, instead of me talking while I'm trying to put everything together, okay, Pete will just ask one question, and then he's able to piece it that that one question. Then he asks another question. Not me. I know all the answers. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm going to get to this scientific uh, this conclusion. It's virtually yeah, like imagine yeah. a text message thread. Hey, bro, um, what do you want to eat? Six bubbles pop up. Are you it's that not ty- six kind of Okay, no, no, no. I haven't been six bubble are guy for that- years. Okay, it used to be six bubble guy. How many bubbles are you now? Maybe one. Okay. But it's it's a very long. One. Okay, it's a three paragraph. One. It's bubble. not three paragraph bubble. It's more like. Uh, Okay, three paragraphs is three sentences. Mm-hmm. So, or a paragraph is like three sentences. So maybe three paragraphs if you're going by that. Okay, I'll tell you right now. My question is out of the text message thread because your bubble's so big. Okay, <laughs> it's used out of to sight. be six bubbles, and then I would have to piece it together. Now and then I come back with another simple question sentence, and then more bubbles, <laughs> like at least three. No, no, no. Here's the thing though, because here's when when Pete catches me in these moments. Mm. All right, we're texting is not the way to no, go. No, no, no. Well, anything not, I say is he thinks I'm screaming at him or attacking. No, him. no, no. You have to no. put this emojis. Is, that's this why. is what. No, this do is I really? You no, need emojis? No, I do not need emojis. <laughs> I hate emojis. <laughs> I hate emojis. I hate them. No, I use this emojis. is what Pete does. No, this oh, I she know. does use emojis. Yeah, and they make me. Uh, they fill me with rage. <gasps> so I'm kidding. So no, this is what Pete will do. Okay, uh, we'll have a big fight. And then he'll text me like a couple hours later and it'll be something along the lines of, are you done having your period yet? Or something like that. (laughs) It's like, it'll be something like, fucking let's yeah are you done being a fucking asshole like yeah. it, it'll be something inflammatory and then i fire back with something shitty and then he's like all right all right tomorrow all right. tomorrow and then he, i'm like are you better now he's like yes yeah, sorry 
That's yeah, usually that's what happens. usually what it is. Yes, sorry. Did you eat after? I, uh, that, is it usually that? It's usually because yeah. that's the thing. Like me and Pete kind of operate the same way, where it's like we just go on caffeine. Yeah. So we'll grab a coffee and then it's boom right to work, sure. and we don't realize that we're hungry. Mm-hmm. I realize when I'm hungry when my friends are going. You're acting like a cunt, yeah. and then I go. You know what? I do need a Snickers, and then I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what happens. I've been there. I've uh, seen him hangry. It's not yeah, fun. You know. And then I, th- I think I've asked you, like, dude, are you hungry? And I'm Do like, you yeah, need I, and, then, and then the you second. Have. Yeah, I have. And the second you say that, that's when my stomach goes, motherfucker, I'm hungry. Like, it's <laughs> screaming up at my brain going, dude, I'm making all this noise. Yeah. I understand you have things you got to do, but puts you need fuel, stupid. You need fuel. Yeah. And then that fuel and the lack of fuel comes out in the form of hatred towards the people I love most. Mm-hmm. So in text bubbles. <laughs> in text, text bubbles. bubbles. Oh, he's a rage texter. Brandon, Brandon's got a little rage in his text. Uh, I'm also I have that it, way too. I have it gone long. Are you? Oh, yeah, if I get I, mad. Oh, yeah, oh. Sylvia's long. Oh, yeah. When she gets emotional, she goes along. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 13 bubbles. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm reading um, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Moving on, now that we all understand communication and we can yeah. say our lack thereof. My worst part, obviously, is I ignore people when I, I, I see that they're angry or something it's like that. It's not your worst tendency. It just makes people like me go worse. Yeah, no. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing if that I you're see, doing. I it's shouldn't respond I'm right doing now. More. It's, it's me going more bad. Like yeah. when you ignore, that's what usually what happens. And it's like when I'm you ignore, way, it pisses yeah. me off even more because I'm trying to make a point and you're not listening and you're not acknowledging it and it pisses me off. But this is what happens. Here's, so here's the, where I come from that because I've been in the situation with everybody. Can I explain where you might come from? Go ahead. Okay. This is what I think happens. Huh. What were you talking about? What'd you say? <laughs> I for, I Are forgot. you serious? Oh, well, because serious? I had I had it right on the tip of my tongue, and then Pete broke me up. What was it? You cut me off to take my. I points, did. Right? I did. I had it. I had like the number one word. It pisses me off when someone doesn't like, acknowledge that. Oh, yeah. Yes. There you go. Okay. There you go. We brought him back. And that's the thing. It's not that Pete did anything wrong by ignoring. It's me going. All right, you want to ignore me? Well, then I'll ignore you back, motherfucker. And then when I do that, that's when he finally goes oh i better do something you know but but when i make it worse and then i ignore he ignores and then i ignore and then he fires back with his you done being on your period comment that puts me to level 10 and then he fires back with all right dude you get it out and i'm just like not yet (laughs) gooch you are so exhausting i know (laughs) i'm exhausted i truly feel i know that's what i'm saying pete's like a man of steel like i don't know how he does it this, I don't know how you could be friends with me. I love this. this I, I, I love this. I truly feel people, because we grew up in a certain age where dialogue is already made up in our heads, you know, I feel people when they have their phones are having a conversation with themselves, in essence, and looking for the piece of dialogue they would write to come up in the bubble from another human being. Yes. Therefore, when I know that I'm not going to give them that piece of dialogue that's expected, I will not respond because what it's going to do is segue us away from any pro- productive things we're doing that day. So I have to wait it out and be like, all right, I know what he wants me to say or her. Mm-hmm. And I realize that I don't think that's the healthy response and I shouldn't feed that. So I stay away from it and I say, hey, can I call you? Because then I can use it with inflection and all the tone. Inflection. But without inflection, you're going to read whatever I write, however you want to in your head. Yes. And you've okay. already had the conversation with yourself. I feel like a lot of people have conversations with themselves before they text well, and they think it's going to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where the disconnect happens where I'm like, um, I, you don't know what I'm going to say every single time. This is where Pete and I have always gone wrong. Mm-hmm. I am 
in a mindset of it's me versus the world. And Pete sure. is like, no, no, man, you're not, you know, but it's just, just like that. No. It's just where I've always been. So, uh, <laughs> I've always felt like I've always had to like fight or scream or, or like, I always feel like I'm the one, the, uh, I always you're, feel like you're, I'm you're behind. Defense, yeah. yeah. I always you're feel like defensive. I'm behind being, all the time. Being argumentative in text, uh, Facebook threads no, it's stupid. or email. No, it's easy. It's so easy. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to engage. It's so easy to be like, I'm ready for this fight. You know how you feel when you hit the send yeah. button or whatever. And so in essence, uh, I, I, I've always controlled that where I'm like, I don't want it to be out there. Because I don't know, I'd rather just call and yell if if needed. I don't yell a lot anymore. No, we don't yell. Yeah, no. it's not, I'm not really a big yeller. You and I will yell for a few minutes and then and then it's back. To but me. if we text, it'll be two days. Yeah, so I don't do that. Sure. I don't yeah. participate. No, no, no. It's always it's always <laughs> it's all about it's all about managing the people you love and making sure you're not hurting them in any way. Yeah, and okay. that's the best way not to hurt Brandon. Because if I did engage in the text thread. Dude, I would segue him off from productivity for like an hour and a half. I'd piss him off, and then we would virtually text for two hours. This is a true story. And, yeah. oh God. and then get nowhere, and then I have to call him later anyway. God damn, dude. I did. It's just. And instead, he could You're be doing something productive. I'm a fucking. I just. Oh, God, dude. I, this is the thing. All I know is this when I meet someone who reminds me mm -hmm. of me, I want to kill him. Like, I want to kill them. Mm. So it's like, that's why I can't be around anybody like me. So <laughs> that's why like, you got to know that. So I am I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm extremely thankful for every friend and every loved one that I have, but I only have like two or three of them. <laughs> you know, so it's, and I say or three because the pros and cons of you uh, as a life partner like you are with me. Is, oh uh, wow! The pros are very. Dude, wow. he took it from here, like yeah. the bottom, and yeah. Oh well, I've known him for thirty yeah. years. No, it's but the, the you point guys are is there now. the the pros and cons. The pros wow. are, are like ninety two percent, and then the cons are like eight percent. So he, he can talk his shit all day. That was oh. really sweet, Man. guys. I have ADD, and that's why I have eight percent. Ah, ADD. <laughs> Hey, there's pills for you. Go. Yeah, get to, just start scarfing them. No, I mean, some people might need them. I'm not talking shit. Sorry. No, no, that. I am. I know. I know. You had. You've taken them. Though. Yeah, you've I know. Taken them. I've and, taken them. And you, you can talk shit because you've experienced that. Anyways, shit. so to the metal sucks news. Focus. <laughs> Focus. I Jesus, feel like I just said. Minutes. I just yeah. said that Brandon was a rambler, and I feel we rambled on how yeah. we converse. Yeah. We might have to like minutes. edit out it went, a lot. It went tonight. from okay. it went from Sylvia not paying attention to to me like, not paying attention to not, you not paying attention to how to handle Brandon in an argument. Well, there's a, maybe people learn from it. The point is, let's talk about one metal story before we get into my interview with Please, James from Tesseract. Okay, and that is Stephen Carpenter. From Deftones, oh, a band boy. that everybody loves. I right? love Deftones. Yeah. yeah. They seem to be a universally loved band. And they keep putting out good music. Uh, he recently was on the Tinfoil Hat uh, podcast with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli has been on our show. He's a, a comic that comic started that's out here in Las started Vegas. Started in Vegas, somebody that we all know. Um, and uh, definitely a conspiracy theory guy. That's what the Tinfoil Hat podcast yes. is. Uh, Sam Tripoli is. Um, uh, he's just a very, he's just very in your face mm -hmm. and just loves to incite. Sam loves chaos. I do think he's a good comic. Loves though. chaos. No, excellent comic. Excellent comic. I'm just talking yeah. about. We're talking about personality. Personality. Yeah. But even when he's doing stand up, mm -hmm. he loves yeah. chaos uh -huh. and he loves to be the ringleader. So, so like him doing conspiracy theories and stuff makes like that, sense. it just makes so much sense, mm -hmm. dude. So, um, so everybody knows Sam. 
That's kind of his thing. That's been his MO. I mean, he's been on the Josta show. So a lot of you metal fans might have heard episodes with uh, with Sam. Uh, the point is, his podcast is popular. And he, obviously, he had Stephen Carpenter from the Deftones on there recently. What we didn't know, I guess this is the big part that was uh, kind of surprising, is that Stephen Carpenter uh, is a believes in the flat earth conspiracy, is kind of on the anti-vaxxing side of things. And so now we as a culture, we keep, you know, kind of beating these people up and calling them stupid and, you know, kind of. Yeah, you seem, know, seem, I mean, because you know that they are kind of kind of lands in the way. Kinda. <laughs> no, you think I'm the not, Earth is flat? No, I don't. No. no, not you. No. If somebody thinks the Earth is flat, I look at them and go, "Guess what? I know your brain is non-existent." Um, I, I I don't go that route. I like I said, when people have uh, now v- anti-vaxxing and all that stuff, it's like, look, dude. Uh oh. Uh oh. What do you say? Like I, I. Oh boy. I look. I I don't know what's gonna go here. All I know is like I understand why people are like, don't force this on me. I get it. Okay, that's the only thing when it comes to anti-vaxxing. I don't, you know, like I understand why people are upset when they're like, don't force it on me. And I'm like, you're right. Well, enjoy polio. But, well, enjoy polio. You know, polio. It, yeah, polio. There's this thing called COVID. Now we can. Well, I use understand the same that, joke, but, but yeah. Okay, fine. No, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's just kind of like it, it's just one of those things where it's like I understand why people are like don't of I don't course. want the government to push this on me. Sure. That's it. That's where my that's where I stop. Yeah. So when musicians like Stephen do go on a uh, the Tinfoil Hat podcast, which is a conspiracy theory co- podcast, and people. Obviously, if he's booked on the show, we should already assume a little bit that there's going to be a lot of the uh, the core audience is going to appreciate it, right? Well, I, I, I know Triple E loves metal, so it's like, I'm no, sure, yeah. you know, he just wanted to get a member of the Deftones on. I mean, that's always like, cool. why not? Yeah, yeah, that's always cool. So, uh, but he, he probably chose this member because. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> there's a conversation. And it's happen. either that or that guy reached out to him. So what do we do, though, because we're all about freedom of speech in this room, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we do to not insult people that do come off like complete idiots? That- uh, you do what Sylvia does. Which is? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what? Yep. Let's, let's mm-hmm. pretend I'm Stephen Carpenter and you're interviewing me. Okay. Hey, so no. what's up? Sylvia's Wait. interviewing me. Okay. So what are your thoughts on flat earthers? Clearly that um, flat earth is not a conspiracy. It's the goddamn truth. Mm-hmm. Anybody that thinks the world is rotating mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Rotating yes. around yeah. the sun mm-hmm. and the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, they've never set foot on a paved street oh, in, God. in Oakland. They have yeah. no idea what they're talking exactly. about. Clearly, when you're an idiot. You would say, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, you clearly. can't say, oh, God. Yeah. You got to oh, be like, God. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Clearly, boy. you could see. Uh, and, the, and now she's showing me a picture of a Dotson. Look at this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you it's can, an English cream weenie dog. Yeah, you can see Texas from Indiana. That's what a flat Earth is. You know what I mean? Like now, and then, oh, and then the, the the obvious question: Does that affect uh, the the Deftones is five dudes? The Deftones is five. That's dudes another thing. I never, you, I never look it, at one one one. It person. would affect the band if it were Chino doing it. Oh yeah. That's pretty much. That's it. why jo- John Domayan is okay with System of a Down when he says this crazy stuff because it's not. Yeah, he's not, still there. Not crazy. Well, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But his his, his off the wall stances. Yeah. yeah uh, but if it was Surge, that would that would definitely it would be affect a diff- the entire it would, band. It'd be yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, because you know, who's writing usually? Who's the one writing all the songs? Me, Surge, and um, uh, Darian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if it's one of them. Yeah. It might be a problem. Well, Stephen Carpenter wrote right. a lot on the new record that I thought was okay. Right. You know. So I don't know. The point is, I, it doesn't it doesn't affect me that people 
have these. Uh, I just think my, my thing is though, like one of my favorite artists reason, is Matt Pike, and but, I mean Matt Pike the, has a lot of. But theories, this is man. why I interviewed him. It was it was. But this is why. But this is why the flat earth or conspiracy thing does upset me because mm-hmm. once again it oh just boy. puts more confusion in the world, confusion that has has been confusion in the round world. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I mean it's like confusion that has been <laughs> debunked. Well done a hundred times over. Uh-huh. I don't know how much more science you need to kind of get this through to people's no. head, but it's like, but the thing is, though, is again, flat earthers have been lied to by the government. We've all been lied to the government. And the reason why they're buying into the flat earth thing is like, well, they've lied to us. So now I got like everything they've told me is a lie. And then that's when they buy into just this. The fact that they don't believe in science and all of that. Just the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he yeah. believes in electricity, you know, because or else no one would be able to hear his fucking guitar. You know what I mean? But it's like all these other things. Science is good this way. But when we show you science this way, no, 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 this doesn't no, match up to no. this doesn't match up to what the government's telling me. The reason why the, the reason why they're telling me that the planet's round is so they could run it's just dude they, i, I felt fucking lose it i felt your rant would be more cohesive this time no it was all over the because place. Flat, <laughs> because flat earthers when they talk it's like how do you get on that level of intelligence how do you get on that level and the thing is though is they're smug about it it's oh, like are. oh my god like, you didn't know this bro <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you didn't know this yeah you know this? it's just like dude i it's oh god i don't even want i don't even want to buy ohms now you know like it's just like <laughs> I okay so it kind, I of, it, but it kind of affected uh, uh, for brennan for brennan yeah i i i, I Flat earthers, I, I just think you're trash. Mm. You're a trash. Right. You're trash, and you're putting more trash into the world. I, I and there is a lot of conspiracies that are trash that are going to the world. But that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to see a, a, a segue of when people say things that are a little crazy, a little off the wall. They're not harming anybody. I'll tell you how. I, but you, you feel like the words are harming the world because they're. they're you have to be Pete Spajic mm-hmm. when you're interviewing someone. You can't be Brandon Hahn because no. when I hear something like that, I can't. You're going to stop the interview, and you're. I'm going to stop rant. the interview and just go look. Excuse me. It's funny. We talked if we should have Sam on the show, uh-huh. and, and and Brandon was like, "Nah, <laughs> like he's gonna go off on this. So we're gonna really like, Tripoli would kill us, right? Tripoli is he's like, loud, dude. dude he is a loud. pit bull yeah. on the microphone. So we, he is. We a talked pit about bull. calling him and, and having him on this episode to talk about this, and then we were like, "Dude, it's gonna fucking, it's gonna backfire." I'm on us, actually yeah. kind of curious. I just want to see it. I mean, the flat Earth. No, no, no. Sam. Yeah, Sam and Gooch. Sam and Brandon. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I I love Sam. He's great. He's a great dude. No, no, no. I I get that. But just the... Oh, the argument of the flat earth? The argument, yes. You and him would get heated, bro. It would get heated. It would get heated. It would get heated. I would be sitting there like, calm down, And that's the thing. It'd be the first debate between Trump and Biden. I would be Exactly. But it would be two Trumps just screaming at each other. You know what I mean? Sam and Brandon, Take the friendship out of it, but just the way that you guys feel, put that in. Yes. I want to see that. Yes. I would look Sylvia and she'd be looking at Instagram. And she'd but that's be like, what. <laughs> give me the cringe. Like, that's the thing, dude. Do, it's bro? like there's only there's there's a couple of people out there, namely like construction worker of the year, construction manager of the year, Petra Congratulations! Spich, but he was right? on the newspaper. He was in the newspaper and everything. God, and looking sharp. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm just saying, there's people out there that know how to deal with customer service. Pete yeah. is a customer service magician. Uh-huh. Brandon Hahn, on the other hand, is the exact opposite uh. when it comes to customer service. Hey, sir, this is a little undercooked. Yeah, go fuck yourself. That's that's Ooh, how that's no, how bad I that. am. That's you how bad that, I can no. get. Like I can get like that because I just get fucking infuriated. I'm a nutbag when it comes to this. That's why I have to work on a radio station, not with people, not with customers. Like, and you've gotten in trouble with. And I've gotten in trouble. And I've gotten in trouble with that too. <laughs> it's true. I'm the worst. Well, anyways, so 
we still don't know how to, to, to put the kids' gloves on for the conspiracy theory guys that keep putting it out in our world, especially the ones that we respect their music and enjoy them. So it's a conversation to have. I definitely don't want you and Sam yelling at each other. No. no. Um, so that that's what I'm saying. It's like, but, show, that's, but that's that's when, when conversations get like this that are so... They're super fun to listen to because I love listening to people yell at each other. I don't know why. I think everybody does. That's why you have your sports talk radio where people just yell at each other about shit they don't know. But that's what it would be. It would just be too dudes that are and hard it, stancing that don't know shit about shit <laughs> yelling about something. Neither one of them scientists, both of them comics. Yeah, neither one right? of us are members of NASA and we're just kind of... Yeah, just fucking going off. And it's like, is that interesting radio? Yes, but... I don't know. I don't. I don't, well, I'm I don't sure really partake in it too much. I'm yet. sure Sam's done a lot more research than I have, but the research on the flatter. I'm sure he's done research more, more research than I have. This? I'm sure there is oh, now. God. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's hundreds of thousands no. of people that buy into this. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, with that, I think hey, we learned a lot about each other. Today. I think we did. Yeah. And I think you guys can go support uh, the Tinfoil Hat Podcast with Sam Tripoli because he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but keep in mind. It might make you mad if you're level-headed. Fair? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. It might make you mad if you're not level-headed. It might make you mad if you're not level-headed. I'm so. Yes. What did I say? You level-headed. said level-headed. If you're level-headed. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're level-headed, you're not going to get mad. But if you're Brandon-headed, you're going to get mad. Absolutely. Because that's mm. how things are. Okay. That's so. what gives me the fuel to drink and poop. <laughs> with that. <laughs> well. Let's jump yeah. into our interview with James from Tesseract. How is, you know what, I did want to talk to you about it, because we out here in the States, we're very concerned about a, like a second shutdown um, due to the COVID, and you are dealing with that currently right now in the UK, is that correct? Yeah, although it's not quite as strict as the last one, but yeah, that's, that's effectively what came in uh, as of last week. Mm. And, and it's, it's supposed to open back up December 2nd, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Although I think what's changed here is um, uh, they're basically being a lot more flexible. If you've got to travel for work, um, like the first time around, it's like everyone stay in their home. You can only go out to get food or to exercise for an hour max. And um, whereas this time around, the rules are way more vague, and um, it kind of feels like nobody really is paying attention. <laughs> but it's but, uh, it's kind of so yeah, but also I guess everybody is used to it now, and uh, whereas the first time round uh, it's pretty frightening. Yeah, it wasn't frightening, but you know, like nothing else, not, nothing like nothing we'd ever experienced before. And yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. So interesting uh, times. Uh, obviously, last time I talked to you um, when we were promoting Saunder a couple of years back, um, you did tell me that a lot of the businesses that you do are you know tied to music in the entertainment industry. Um, are those still, uh, when a second shutdown happens, does that put you farther back in progressing in those businesses, do you feel, or do you think it's going to get you there faster? Uh, weirdly in terms of like, uh, like that, that kind of stuff, I don't feel like a huge amount has been affected. Like most of what I do is working on record releases. And if anything, for the last, the latter half of this year, um, they, it feels like there have actually been more records being put out than ever before. Mm. I think it seems like when the first kind of lockdown happened, everybody stopped their plans and they were like, okay, right, let's see what happens. And there was a bit of a dip. 
And then once um, labels and bans and so on realised that this COVID thing's not going away anytime soon, everyone went back to business as usual. I guess artists are still going to write music, albums are written and labels want to get them out. And Yeah, it does feel like it's not sustainable because without touring eventually the entire industry is going to run out of money but um i feel like i know i feel like at least in, in terms of what we're doing we're kind of riding it a little bit um which is lucky i think yes I that was another question i was going to uh, jump on sonder being released uh, a couple years back 2018 um you guys did get to complete your full touring cycle um, and then yeah. kind of we're at that stage where a new record was uh, going to be start getting written. So you guys did get the timing kind of in a in a very good pocket. Obviously, nobody planned for this. But um, yeah. with that, I mean, um, the writing for the follow-up to Sonder, have you guys completed that? Or are you still working on that currently? I'm still working on that. Mm. Like, um, it was, uh, yeah, you, you were right in terms of timing. We were basically going to have a very quiet year this year. I think we had one festival planned, and there was supposed to be a small tour of South America, which keeps getting pushed back and pushed back, and so that'll happen one day. But yeah, we're, we've been really, really lucky in that sense. Um, and yes, we've been spending a, firm, a good amount of time working on new material. Uh, an album isn't there yet, but we are hoping to have one done by early mid next year. I'm not entirely sure when when it'll be out. Possibly, I mean, yeah, can't really put a date on it, but I think mm. we, we'd love to have something out by the end of next year, I think. Um, yeah, it all depends on, well, in all honesty, what's quite nice about this is uh, for the last couple of records, there have always been like quite hard deadlines. Like Sondra in particular, the, uh, the latter, the, the end process ended up being quite rushed. And, um, and uh, there were certain things that we weren't quite happy with and yeah, we would have liked to spend more time on it, but we had to hit deadlines. Whereas now deadlines are completely gone. We've got as long as we like. So, I mean, that could work against us. It might mean we'll just take forever. But on the flip side, we're being able to really spend a lot of time on this record and make it as good as it possibly can be. So, um, yeah. No, that's that's extremely exciting. Now, many artists do have that uh, that that challenge of, hey, should I release a record if I can't follow up with touring? Um, and you said, hey, when it's ready, it seems like you guys might just want to put it out there and, and, you know, the music will be out there for when the tours come back. But what are your thoughts on releasing a record knowing you can't go and uh, tour behind it right now? Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not ideal to not be able to tour it because touring is obviously a key part of promotion and it's also a key income stream for bands. But if there is no touring, I mean, it's, I guess the choice is do you want to just sit on your backside and do nothing for a couple of years or maybe put a record out and still keep visible mm-hmm. and still maybe shift some units still do some good streaming um do some online events or you know be a bit creative with your marketing and then write another album to, and that can come out when uh, when touring's back right i i don't think sitting on sitting and waiting is really a good solution if you're a band that you know really wants to keep active and keep your profile up but um, I guess if you're a bigger band, if you're you know, a band that does big live numbers and already has a big audience, then I guess maybe sitting back and waiting could could work to your advantage. But yeah, I, know, I think for the vast majority of artists, I think you know, just carry on writing, putting out music and finding new and creative ways to market it. 
Maps? Nah, absolutely. I kind of, I, I, I feel that way as well. Is that it, when it's ready, it's ready, and the fans will get it and they'll embrace it. And when the touring gets back, those songs will still be there, you know, for for us fans to uh, to hear live and experience. And that's something that I, exactly. I, I think is a very a positive outlook on all that. So the reason, by the way, everybody, Metal Sucks Podcast. I got James from Tesseract back on the show. We are here to celebrate the deluxe reissue vinyl reissue of altered states a record from mm-hmm. 2013 but a seminal record um for us as metal fans tell me the whole journey behind reissuing it and everything that went into putting this vinyl package together for us fans well i think um it was actually an idea that came a bit out of the blue but um uh i think it was initially um the idea came up because the original vinyl uh well, was deleted. There aren't there are only a certain amount of them made, and every now and again, one pops up on eBay and goes for like two hundred dollars. And every time we look at that, we're like, "Ah, oh, shit! Maybe I should put my own one on, put my own copy on eBay." <laughs> but um, but but then it seemed like there was obviously still demand for the record, and, and uh, so a repressing obviously made sense. And uh, so then I guess the guys at Central Media went to town, and they're like, "Well, instead of just a repressing, let's actually make this a real big deluxe package." Um, on like nice heavyweight vinyl, um, press the instrumental version to vinyl because that wasn't that hasn't been done before. Mm. And um, the instrumental version was actually was quite popular when we put out the record originally. And um, you know, it's it's quite an important album to, for us because it was um, the first album was like I guess a collection of all the best bits of the band's career from starting off as a bedroom project by echo um up to us actually becoming a, an actual band having you know then did a you know, sort of like local smallish touring and so on um i guess the first time was kind of the story of all of that whereas altered state was basically um uh yeah we had like two years to produce a record and um do the best possible job and by that point we'd experienced um, some you know, some big international touring, and so we're we're, we're Altered State was the, the record of us being uh, our first record of us being a, a professional band, I think, if you like. Yeah, we'd had, we'd had, had big tours under our belts, and we'd upped our game quite considerably in terms of our live performance and and just as, us as players. And so, yeah, it's kind of a landmark album for us in that respect. Yes, and as you mentioned, this is actually a great thing. So, I mean, you guys had uh, the EP first, I think, Concealing Fate came out, then one. And those records mm-hmm. were kind of during the journey of you guys growing into a band. Because the band was active since uh, 2004, 2005, correct? Before putting out a record, 2006? Uh, yeah, well, um, it was basically a bedroom project by yes. Ackle. It was a solo project from, like I think, 2003 or four. he started mm-hmm. it and started putting things on MySpace. Um, um, but then we... Uh, we start. We all started jamming as a band in two thousand six, two thousand seven, mm. and and so yeah, yeah, you're right. But basically, one is the story of us kind of becoming a band. Whereas all to stay, it was us. Like here we are now. Now we're ready to yeah, give us our best shot, kind of thing. And for the younger music fans, but when after you toured one, and like you said, and you went through, um, you know, all the extensive touring with other bands. How does that change you guys um, when you enter the studio to kind of prove yourself again after you get that behind your belt? I think it just... I, don't know, I think you end up just getting quite a lot of 
more inner confidence and a lot more uh, just a better understanding of what being in a band is. So I guess you can never really I don't know that until you've done it. And I think obviously we're very green with with the first record, and then basically once that was recorded, we went out and toured Devon Townsend. Then we did Protest the Hero. Then we did Between the Bird Between mm. the Bird and Me. And then after going out with all of those bands, and then like you learn so much from we, you know, these insane musicians just watching them, uh, yeah, listening to them, everything from just watching the sound checks to see what they do, and you know, by watching other musicians, you just constantly learn. And I think going into altered state was very much like okay now we've got all this experience and knowledge that we've we've picked up um uh well i guess not not doing it consciously but i guess a lot of that automatically gets applied into the process altered state was um you know for a lot of us fans was kind of the first record you know i know that there was one was before that but for me that was the first record that i i put you guys on my radar um, do you feel that that was kind of more more or less the, a lot of people's journey with you guys as a band is that this is kind of the first record on their radar? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was the first record that uh, got got a lot of attention. I mean, one one did did uh, did quite well in our own kind of like tech metal kind of proggy niche, but all to say, definitely got a lot more uh, it had a wider appeal i think but i think it was also is a better album it was like an album of where we had you know got to as as a band um but also um yeah i think uh off the back of that we had loads of good opportunities where i think we went out with catatonia and cult of luna in the states and then tesseract did um uh, the first, first ever headline tour of the us and i think it was actually probably on that album and in the US in particular, where our momentum really picked up and uh, basically kind of set the tone for, you know, set our trajectory for the next couple of records. Yes, absolutely. No, that's, that's, and that's how I feel. Now, artists, you know, when they go back and they revisit things, a lot of times uh, they have a certain mindset, you know, at a certain age, we're like, all right, this is what I'm proud of, this is what it is. And then they go back and they revisit and they get a little more pickier. Um, was there anything on this record that when you revisited, you were like, mm, you know, I'd like to change or do anything different? Um, not necessarily, but funny enough, we're, um, I'm currently going over a lot of that stuff because we're, we're, we're basically jamming some ideas at home to, uh, to basically bring some of these, these old songs back into the live set. And um, what's quite funny is, is how, um, how much more, how different you become as a player in that amount of time if you don't play those songs. And, um, and there are a few tracks where certain refs are like, wow, that's really hard. I can't do that. <laughs> I've got to sit, sit down and actually drill it and get, you know, get my head back around it again. But then also on the flip side, there's some say more melodic parts, which live, I, I, maybe I was never completely happy with how I was performing them. But going back now, I actually I'm finding it easier than I did because I think I've probably gotten better at that kind of thing, or at least I've just been playing. Yeah, I guess I've got I just matured as a player a bit, and that's helped me perform those old parts better now. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, is that something that you guys have talked about? Is playing this in its entirety at a show just kind of to commemorate or anything? Uh, we did vaguely talk about that, but I don't know if that's I don't think we're going to do like an alter states show, show as such. Not yet. Anyway, maybe maybe for the ten year anniversary. Mm. <laughs> but I think 
and we definitely want to bring some of those tracks back because um um yeah there's some cool songs in there that we kind of almost forgotten about and uh so yeah now next time we ever can play we will we'll be playing some Oh, that's exciting! Now, there, that's that's next time people play. What we've been seeing as fans is the streaming shows and those performances, um, which I, like I said, I've had a great summer doing it. I've enjoyed all of them. Just the Mister Bungle one that I just watched. I, I can't. I, I'm I'm sad that it's already off. I only got to watch it twice. <laughs> the point is, is that um, have you guys had this discussion? Have you guys thought about um, putting that together for the fans and maybe doing some sort of streaming thing with the Altered State uh, vinyl reissue? Well, we're actually talking about doing something quite soon, although we haven't exactly we haven't figured out entirely what we're doing, so I can't really tell you very much. Yeah. But yes, we're um, uh, we're actually getting together next week to tr- try and go over some some ideas and figure out how we could approach doing some form of performance. But yeah, we don't know what it will be, but we want to do it sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, watch this space. We will be doing something. We just, I just don't entirely know what it is yet. Nice. It will be. <laughs> exciting, exciting, dude. I love them. And uh, yeah, have you been, uh, just out of curiosity, have you seen any of the uh, any bands or streaming shows that they've been doing lately? Have you checked that out yourself? Yeah, I've checked out a few. Um, I watched, um, uh, there's a British death metal band called Ingested. Hmm. They did a really good one. Um, uh, sound, yeah, the sounded killer. They had lots of fire and just looked, yeah, gnarly. It was good. Um, I watched some of Pendulum's one, mm. where they basically had a uh, they performed on like a fort sort of offshore uh, on the south coast of the UK, and then they had like just crazy lights and fireworks, and that was really impressive. Um, what else? I did, yeah, I did. I, I, I've caught bits of the Behemoth one. I kind of want to watch that properly because it, mm. it looked amazing. Um, I heard Trivium's was really good as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I need to watch more. I've only seen a couple. But. What what uh, Trivian did for fans that don't know is that they did the um, the deep cuts, like the songs they never played live. I think they did two versions. Mm. Actually, I, I don't know for sure, but you would hear a bunch of songs that you're like, I forgot about this song, and they they performed them live. And I thought that was a really inventive way um, for fans because we wouldn't see those, you know, kind of this documentation. They did do that, and then. Uh, the Behemoth one with Imperial Triumphant. Is that the one we're talking about? I missed that one, too. I'm, I'm sad yeah, about missing so. that one. Yeah, that was like in September. Yeah, that's another mm-hmm. thing is that they have to pop up on your calendar, and it's not the same as like a ticket to remind you. <laughs> so you kind of miss them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I got a whole map now, that, or a whole uh, desk calendar where I write them in there so I remember. Um, because, dude, they're fantastic. And, it, and to me, after this COVID thing, I feel like this is going to be an option now for bands to uh, – you know, that maybe can't do the whole world tour thing all the time to maybe give fans this once a year. Now, do you think as a marketing, you know, tool, this is going to be a very positive thing for the future of uh, bands like this? Yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, what this whole situation has done is it's forced bands to think about embracing technology and um, other ways they can promote themselves. But on the flip side, it's also forced fans to seek these things out because they have no other options. They can't go to shows. And um, I think when done right, uh, live streams are, are excellent. I mean, it's basically just like, I don't know, like if you're going to pay-per-view, mm-hmm. I don't know, a football match on TV or whatever, or pay-per-view anything. It's exactly the same principle, but it's just never really been done until now. And yeah, I, I, I can't see why this won't 
be a normal thing. And sure, it's like we get better at it. Um, production values increase. Um, I can totally see like a you know, pay-per-view band shows being a regular thing going forward. I think it's I think it's awesome. Uh, dude, I, I I'm telling you right now, I'm a huge fan. I when I first heard it, I'll be a little bit honest. I was a little negative. I was like, oh, I need the amps. I need the loudness. You know, because um, that's just part of the vibe, right? But then in actuality, yeah. the first one I sat through, the first one I sat through was Enslaved. And I'm like, yeah. no, this is awesome. It's like watching your favorite band. In some situations, like that one was kind of one of the first go-rounds. I feel like it was in March or something. And it kind of just like mm-hmm. watching them, you know, kind of in rehearsal, making jokes with each other. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. You know, like you don't get that, you know. And uh, I, don't, I don't think it'll ever repla- replace an actual live show. Yeah. I don't think that will happen. But it is a cool, totally different kind of experience. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure like in a matter of time, things like, uh, you know, a 3D experience will possibly happen. You, know, you, got, you, know, you can do 3D cameras now with virtual reality. And, I mean, I reckon give it five years and, yeah, there'll mm. be loads of crazy stuff going on. Nah, this is all true. This is all true. See, I like that. I like that positive mindset. I have that very much. You know, the shutdown thing to me, I, I feel like, and I know this is, I don't know too well, but in the UK, your guys' healthcare system is a little different than ours, correct? Like, you guys do have, like, a universal healthcare system for um, the people that live there? Uh, yeah. Mm. So, so that's, yeah. I feel like that's where the shutdown would affect us uh, tremendously, is that there's there's all these checks and balances for that health stuff. And I don't know, man, mm. it's it's one of my big fears. But you you do feel like this is a very positive thing for your country and everything like that going forward. Although there was a um, missteps, do you think along the way to make this happen again? What what are what are your thoughts on I guess just the overall you know global way it was handled from again uh, just a personal um, perspective? Uh, well, I feel like my my frustration with this is how many countries, especially our own, but um, most countries, most governments, fail to learn from others, mm-hmm. and. Um, like when this was all kicking off, our government was kind of in denial in early March, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, just wash your hands, yeah, just <laughs> that's what you need to do. Just wash your hands, you'll be fine." And this is when like most of Asia was shut down, and like Germany was already going into like a shutdown, and and they were just basically they were ignoring it here until they couldn't ignore the deaths anymore, and like, it was almost like they're sticking their head in the sand and hoping it would just go away, and um. And um, then if basically when we're in like like in like May and June, when we're in our toughest measures, like loads of Asia was opening up because they nipped it in the bud. Admittedly, they'd had experience of this before from like SARS and things like that. But but because they had that, that experience, they knew what to do. And it's like, why didn't we look to those countries and see what they were doing and going, right, we need to do this now. And then I don't think it would have been anywhere near as severe as it ended up being. We just acted way too late. And it's... Uh, but then on the flip side, I can see why governments might be slow because if they're like, right, okay, we need to do a very quick shutdown now and it'll be over in two weeks. Everyone, everyone would protest, there'd be uproar. You know, you have enough anti-mask kind of mentality now as it is. So if it happened even earlier, I think even more people would have rebelled. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually, to be honest, I think what I'm saying is I don't know if there would have been a better way to handle it. There probably would have been, but I'm absolutely not an expert. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, I think what, what I find more frustrating isn't necessarily the way governments have handled it. It's how 
ridiculous amount of conspiracy theories and lies create people to like go against the grain and not play ball and not do the right thing and not be helpful like i don't know i just i feel like people can be dicks it's just like let's let's all get together and try and get through this problem together and not you know oh dude not, same yeah, page you know I mean. yeah same page i do want to uh, i do want one more time everybody altered state if you guys haven't picked up this record make sure it is a, it is a fantastic record like i said one of my favorites from tesseract back in the day the deluxe vinyl reissue is out now guys james just said they're gonna plan something streaming just look out on all the metal news sites it's gonna come out when a press release come out but the fact you guys are doing it makes me extremely excited so everybody one more time i want to thank you so much James, for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. No worries. Thanks for talking to me, and thanks so much for your kind words about the record.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard both off the reissue deluxe vinyl of Altered State. First song is Of My Nocturne. Second song, Of Energy Singularity, guys. Make sure if you have not checked out this record, you do, but you are picking up this new deluxe vinyl reissue. It's fantastic, guys. Uh, classic record at, at this point. I really think that if you don't own it, you guys definitely need and want a physical copy. You've heard those two songs. So the third song you guys heard is off Fate's Warning's new record, Long Day, Good Night. It's out right now. The record is called, or the song is called Scars, guys. If you haven't checked it out, I'm a huge fan of Fate's Warning. I have been for a lot of years. Make sure you guys are picking this one up. 70 plus minutes. Fantastic time. Fantastic record. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. That is all we ask from you guys, dude. If you guys have the time, you have an iPhone, go to podcast. You're listening to this right now. Just click the five stars. Don't put any words. We don't care. That makes our show grow. That helps us. That's all we ask for as far as putting content out there. We really, truly appreciate that. And also, we want to thank everybody for supporting our podcast, Rise to Offend. We finished Insane Clown Posse this week. Very long, uh, about three hours plus of uh, audio that Brendan had to go to, and it was a lot of fun. I think if you guys want an entertaining episode, that's the one to definitely check out first with that podcast. So with that, guys, I want to thank you all out there, and we will talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.